Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to find freedom from the shame and pressure of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode with Lynn Wilder and Joel Grote as they and their guests share personal stories and wisdom from the Bible that just might surprise you. We invite you to experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and this is part two in our series with Teresa Steed. Teresa grew up within the FLDS, Fundamentals Latter-day Saint community, um, best known as being led by Rulon Jeffs and later by Warren Jeffs. Um, as she was growing up, uh, three moms, and uh, more added later, lots of siblings, uh, starting to help cook breakfast at age 11, totally in charge of cooking breakfast for, she said what seemed to her 60 people. Um, it was probably close to that. So in part two, we're uh, gonna take a look at Teresa's life going forward. And you'll have to listen to the last episode to get to the details. It's a fascinating look inside um, what life was like in polygamy, just a totally different world. And um, the things she shared, but, uh, when we finished up last time, her family had been slowly being called away to the new uh, FLDS compound that Warren Jeffs was building in Texas. People would just get a call and then they would just move out and leave Utah and move there or Arizona. They were right on the border. And then finally at age 14, part the rest of her family gets called not to uh, Texas. They get called to a safe house in Colorado. So Lynn, let's pick it up there with Teresa, because this is fascinating. This a lot of this is like totally new information to me. So, so this is two thousand six, correct? Yes. And Teresa is fourteen years old, and someone has decided it's time for her to get married. And yet, I believe you're in like a safe house, kind of in Colorado at the yes. moment. Okay, so you've been asked to leave Hilldale. And you probably didn't even know where you were going when you left, right? No. So who was in charge of your group? You're 14. How old is the person in charge? Who's in charge of moving you um, to this other location? <laughs> it's kind of like a whole jumble of... Um, so dad, my, my father was in Texas. Um, and I don't remember. I believe it was him that... Well, actually, no, he was not the one that called us and told us we were moving. Um, our uncle, Lee Steed, is the one that told us, and he is the one that um, was in charge of the house in Colorado. In okay. Hiding. So um, he's the one that, like, all the boys, um, you know, because there's a lot of older boys by this time, then there was quite a few young men that were not getting married. The, the young girls and stuff were actually getting married more to older men and men that already had wives. So there was quite a few young men that did not have wives yet. Right. And um, in the previous podcast for people, Teresa shared that when a girl got to marrying age, which could be as young as 14, all the prophet had to do was say um, is I want her for a wife. And she was his wife, pretty much no questions asked. And so girls were being assigned to the prophet or to the prophet's friends, other fellow leaders. So this was not a dating situation. 
but it leaves out young men. So you have both young women marrying, but then you have teenage boys with no one to marry or guys in their 20s. So so tell us how that works with the young men is that what you're saying or what yeah. yes and then and then with the women yes um so i actually did have one of my brothers get married during the time that my dad went to texas and he may have left in 2004 i don't i think it was in 2004 when my dad went to texas so i did have one of my brothers and he was early 20s so okay anyway and he the got prophet a allows prophet decides Yes. You are allowed then to get married or you're not, right? Yes. So he was, you know, he had been chosen, you know, like God revealed to me that, you know, you're to get married and this is the young lady that you are to marry. And by the way, his wife was 15 too. So she moved into the same house with us and lived with us at 15. (laughs) So I did have one of my brothers get married during that time. Um, Okay. there was quite a few of them and they weren't, you know, like, okay. So when my dad was young, um, a lot of times young men got married at 18 or 19, you know, but this was slowing down quite a bit during this time, but there wasn't as many, um, young men getting married. So because Did the prophet wasn't giving with permission the group to do then? So. Um, so quite a few young boys actually were, leaving um either they were leaving or else they were being told that they weren't doing things correctly you know maybe they liked a girl and they told somebody they liked a girl so then they got kicked out of the community and sometimes those boys got kicked out pretty young 16 go figure life out on their own and just you're so you're out um go find your own place to live go find your own job you're just like okay on your own and you're not allowed to stay within the community with no experience in the outside world right yeah i mean i i can't attest to what happened to them because i i wasn't a young man obviously but um i do know like i remember hearing of boys being sent um away from the community and getting you know kicked out of the community they couldn't be there go figure it out okay so then back to your story at 14 you're in Colorado what happens next um so about a month after I moved there um Warren Jeffs had the bishop that was in charge call the family and read us a revelation so I don't know if anybody knows this, but by this time, Warren was getting revelations and publishing them. He was actually having them typed up and read to people, you know, and now a lot of his messages were read as revelations, you know, I, God revealed this to my servant. That is how some of them started. (laughs) Right. Scripture, like Doctrine and Covenants 132 expanded, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... March, then we got a call and the whole family gathered together. The bishop reads us this revelation that our dad was like, it didn't even specify what he did, but that he was to, he was excommunicated from the church and he was to go repent of his sins from afar, meaning that he was wow. kicked out of the community. 
um, even though it may not have been a community, he was kicked out of the church and to not have communication. All of his wives were released from him. You know, that's, so this was March, 2006. Wow. So in one fell swoop, your dad loses everything that he has. Property, yes. wives, yes. standing in the community, it's just gone because yes. the prophet has decided he's now excommunicated for reasons that are undisclosed to you. Yes. And Warren Jeffs at large is supporting you anyway, right? I mean, or was it your father that was supporting his own family? Um, when you say Warren Jeffs, you mean everybody that was in the community working, yes. Right, right, <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, everybody on top of giving one-tenth, then they were to give more than that. And all of these young boys, like some of my brothers started working for my uncle in construction at the age of 12, 13, you know, um, by 16, they were out on big jobs and stuff like that, earning money and they were not getting a paycheck. So, Oh, so all that money is going to and, headquarters or to Warren Jeffs. Yeah. And I think a lot of it depended on the person in charge of that business, but yes, a lot of money was turned in and there was lots of businesses. There was a lot of construction businesses in the FLDS community. Um, and were they doing work outside of the FLDS community, yes. like building homes for other people? Okay. So these yes. people are hiring these contractors, they're paying the contractors, but none of the workers are getting paid for what they're doing. And I don't want were. to say none of them were, right. because I think some of them were, but there was definitely um, a portion that were not getting a paycheck. <laughs> So that, that's interesting because I spent the whole month of July in Brian Head, right, which is a ski community yes. up at the top of the mountain. And I would say most of the folks that worked in the service industry there were probably from fundamentalist homes. And I had never thought whether they were taking their paychecks home or whether they were going somewhere else. I don't know. But um Definitely, there were a lot of polygamous folks working in that community when I was there. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, so I'm I'm not saying that people didn't take a paycheck home and then right. run over a whole bunch of it. Yeah. But there was definitely, I mean, I definitely knew people that were not getting a paycheck. Yeah. Well, and especially as a teenage kid, you're just told this is what you're going to do. This is your job. You do it. You don't have the authority or the whatever to even ask about your paycheck. You just do what you're told work your hours, hopefully you're getting food and the roof over your head. <laughs> Which takes us back to the wedding. <laughs> Are you avoiding this topic? I, I am not. I just okay. have to lead up to it because there's so much that went into it. Yeah. Um, Were you in Colorado at the time yes. you got called to be married? Or So living in Colorado, and by then we've been living there for about five months. Um, Warren Jeff shows up in a black SUV, darkly tinted. I mean, if you want to talk about an intense moment, like, um, you know, I watch movies now and I see when the, the mob boss pulls up, that's kind of how it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. You didn't know oh, what was up. Oh no. We, it wasn't like, nobody knew he was showing up. He showed up and got out and, um, you know, so it's just this intense moment of what's going to happen, you know, um, not knowing anything. So 
yeah. is he marrying us? Is he excommunicating us? Is he, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you had no clue. Like I had no clue what he was doing there, what he'd come to do. So um, he met with our uncle there and he had brought in some other men with him, other people that were close to him. Um, he actually brought the bishop and this bishop was actually over the community in Short Creek, but also over the people in Colorado. So in Colorado, it was just houses dispersed um, like around the area, you know, sometimes. Do you know how many? I don't know how many families. Like we, it was considered a house of hiding, which meant that you did not interact with anybody. Um, you just stayed home. You actually, some houses were like they couldn't even go outside. Ours was thankfully enough, a big enough piece of property that we could go outside. Um, so yeah, he he showed up and um, all of us, like we all kind of went to one end of the house and he um, stayed in the living room and we kind of assumed that he was marrying our moms to, to other men, but we didn't actually know. Um, I happened to be, um, outside watching some of the real young children, some of the babies and stuff like that. And my mom came and got me. Um, I'll have to backtrack just a little here. I had, um, you know, see Warren up to this time, only those who were chosen could get married. And he made it very clear that, you know, and when you got married, at this time, you were considered like very um, pure and clean. You were elect. You were like part of the best of the best <laughs> if you were able to get married. You know, if God revealed your yeah. name to the prophet. So um, that morning when he showed up, and I thought, oh, what if I get married today? You know, I'm 14, and um, that thought did not come out of anywhere. Uh, the sister right older than me had gotten married at 14. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this wasn't out of the question then. You actually thought, hey, oh, yeah. I'm 14. I might be getting married today. Okay. Yes. So I was like, oh, you know what? I should go. I should go change my, you know, I should go change my socks. My socks had some holes in them. And I'm like, you know, I should at least go change my socks in case I get married today. Oh, no. <laughs> that is the thought that crossed my head. Wow. So um, anyway, I guess as time went on, he married off the moms or whatever. You know, he'd been there for a couple hours when my mom came and got me. And we walked past everybody that's in there waiting, you know, because like, um, Everybody kind of didn't know what was going on, but we're all sitting around to find out what was going on. So it's yeah. kind of like I was paraded past all these, all these siblings and step siblings um, that didn't know what was going on. Anyway, um, I go in there. Warren Jeffs is in the living room, so on these couches that were lining all the walls. Then there's quite a few men in there. Um, I think there was only one other, there was one lady, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know, a lot of this gets a little fuzzy, but 
Um, he shook my hand, told me to sit down on the couch. Um, he pulled up a chair to where he was sitting right across from me. It was a fairly, it was a good sized living room. Um, um, I sat down by my mom, which she was sitting by one of um, the elect leaders, which his name is Merrill Jessup. And he um, was considered one of the first presidency. I don't know if that time that I knew that, but somewhere along the line, <laughs> I knew that he was a part of the first presidency. So, so um, he's very highly placed within the very highly, like right next to the prophet. He's like the next one after the prophet, you know. Okay. So, so does Warren have like two counselors, like the mainstream Mormon prophet, and then does he have twelve of twelve apostles? So he had two, you know, the first president, which is two counselors. He did uh -huh. have that. As far as the 12 apostles, um, there was not 12 apostles for, I don't know, like years and years, even Rulin Jeff's, there was not, during Rulin Jeff's time, there wasn't 12 apostles. Okay. Um, so a lot of that stuff was kind of like, I don't know why, like there wasn't the 12, there wasn't 70s, there wasn't. Yeah. The, which yeah, is interesting. Almost like they're picking and choosing some yeah, of the main a little bit. Forms. Right. Um, well, and if you yeah. don't have these other guys, there's less people to vie for power. There's less threats and less competition for the power. The fewer the people that are in power, <laughs> the more power they have and the less they have to worry about other people um trying to uh to yeah, to take that over. So yeah. Okay. So I'm excited to hear who you get to marry, Teresa. <laughs> so my mom's sitting by Meryl. And I'm sitting by my mom. Warren's like, I've now sealed your mom, your mother, to Meryl Jessup. So he is now your father. And I'm like, okay. And he says, how old are you? Ask me how old I was. And I'm like, 14. He says, okay, when's your birthday? So I tell him, you know, August 6th. And he's like, oh, by the way, this is 4th of July. <laughs> okay, so you're, July. <laughs> you're like within less than two months away from turning 15. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, so you're close to being 15. I'm like, yeah. He said, well, I want you to know there's no underage marriage in priesthood. That was, anyway, I remember him saying a lot of other stuff. I do not know what he said. <laughs> like, I cannot even think that the only thing that has stuck with me through all of these years was that he repeated over and over that there was no underage marriage in priesthood. Okay, what does that mean? Like, what's considered underage marriage? <laughs> well, statutory um, is what, under... 16? I think in Utah, it was considered 16, but I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. Um, he meant by that, according to the law, to, you know, the, the outside world and stuff that, that called it underage marriage. Well, that is, not, that is not the case here, you know. Here yeah. where we are, that is, you know, there's no such thing. A girl could get married at any age and it would be proper and right. and you know, pleasing to God. Okay. So, <laughs> um, he told me, he's like, uh, you know, the Lord has revealed to me, these are his words, um, the Lord has revealed to me that you belong to Brother Nathan Jessup. Um, Nathan Cornwall, being Adam, a brother of Merrill or? Son. A son. A son. Oh, okay. Merrill's son. Um, out of the corner of my eye, because I was so focused on um, Warren, like I didn't 
even look at the other guys in the in the room like I could tell you a few of who was there but I don't think it's all of them mm-hmm. but out of the corner of my eye then I see him like sit up straight like he just sat up in his chair and he later told me that he had no clue he was getting married that day oh, wow. wife. so did you know who so, he was could you pick Nathan out of a crowd then <laughs> yes I could okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he was living in Colorado as well. Um, when we moved up there, I think eventually some of his family came up there because I, I was told later that they had moved to Colorado about two months before I got married. Um, so he would come over to Lee's house and because Lee's house was, you know, we had a big shop there and stuff. It was considered the storehouse. Or uh, okay. So, um, like it's where all these families would come get food from. They would come, like we had cows, we milked those cows, and they would come get milk from us. We had a whole bunch of chickens, they would come get eggs from us, you know. So, okay. So, where you're staying where is kind live, of the central hub for a lot yes. of people then. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, I knew who Nathan was. Um, he had shown up one time and you know he'd stayed for about an hour you know told some funny jokes and he was he was a middle-aged well kind of middle-aged he was in his 30s um and later 30s I believe yeah and already had wives I assume yes and had already been married several times had many wives I was number 10 oh Okay. I was his wife. And and he didn't know this was coming. You can tell by his reaction. He hears his I name and tell, he's like, yes. "Oh, okay. Meet the yes. new wife." Um, <laughs> well, wow. maybe it was a little shocking to him that I was fourteen. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think even that maybe it's been a little bit shocking to him. So, okay. Yeah. Here's, I mean, the question I'm thinking most people are saying. So, did you ever? talk to him about this <laughs> I mean did you ever like say what was it like for you what was it like for me no so there's no oh you're saying as far I mean, as later marriage. yeah I mean after the fact um, I don't think I ever asked him how it was other than if he had known and he said no okay. so it's not like I talked it's not like he shared his feelings on the matter <laughs> okay <laughs> um, but you so- did get married then yes so um just right then and there I did know who he was um, did I know him very well? No, but I could at least pick his face out of a crowd. Okay. Um, so we right then and there, Warren tells us to both stand up. He, um, I thought this was kind of interesting because I was thinking back on it. Um, I had never actually been to a wedding out of all my older sisters and everybody that had been married. I had wow. never been to a wedding. Huh. So I didn't even know exactly what we were supposed to do or what was supposed to happen. Um, The marriage covenant that Warren would read was in quite a few different books that Warren had published. So I had read that, you know, I knew at least what he was going to read, but I had never been to a wedding. So So my only question is, did you, did you have your clean socks on without holes? I did. I actually did have my clean socks, which was very good because we were not allowed to wear shoes inside the house. That was one of Warren's rules. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Well, I had no shoes on, so it was a good thing that I at least changed my socks. You know, because so the dress right I was wearing was not there. pretty. 
right then and there in front of whoever's sitting in there. Yeah. Family wasn't in there other than my mom. Oh, just like church elders. Stuff, yes. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, the other lady that was in there was Warren's wife. So I know for sure she was in there, but I don't think there was any other ladies. It was just church elders and um, one mom. of his wives. Wow. Yeah. Just and, one of his wives. And we're at the end of another podcast episode. This is unreal. This has gone so fast. Uh, so we're oh, going to Well, maybe we should recap <laughs> a little, right? Yeah. Somebody probably should. Jumped in here. Teresa Steed grew up in Fundamentalist Latter-day Saint home. Her parents were generational FLDS. At one point, her she's called to leave um, leave Hilldale and go to Colorado. Her father gets excommunicated, I suppose, from the church, kicked out. And then one day, the prophet shows up and immediately marries her to someone at the age of fourteen. Oh, dear God in heaven, this ends in a good place though because this very sweet woman Teresa has come to know the Lord of the Bible and so in episode three we will hear more about how this happens and what it was like to be taken to Warren Jeff's community in Texas wow thank you Teresa thank you yes <laughs> you are you are welcome and I I know it's a little overwhelming I do have to ask myself sometimes was this really my life? Was this yeah. really truly what happened to me? Because yeah. even to me, sometimes yeah. it seems a little foreign. So, yeah. <laughs> if, right. if anybody else is asking that, I understand. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful face you have. Joel, <laughs> grace and peace to you. We'll hear more next week. All right. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We would love to hear how the podcast has helped you. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and the donations that keep us on the air. To say thank you, we are offering a free gift with a donation of any amount. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free gift button to get yours. Thanks for joining us on the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.